Today, we celebrate the second Sunday of Easter. It is also celebrated as the Divine Mercy Sunday. So on this special Sunday, the church delights in the joy of the resurrected Christ. And she calls us to celebrate the risen Christ, the first fruit of all those who have fallen asleep, the hope of Christians and the cause of our joy. Today's first reading recounts the new zeal, the love, and spirit of the early Christian community. People who used to fear the Jewish authorities and persecution have been transformed into courageous people. They are now proud of themselves and their new heritage. This heritage is their sharing in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is the cause of their joy, love, their unity, and strength. This is what the resurrection of Christ did for each and every one of us also. It restores our confidence as people of God. It lifts us up from the dust and places us exactly where we belong. In short, it reinstates us as children of God. The gospel of today tells us really what happened in the first reading. Why these people were living as brothers and sisters, sharing everything together, loving one another, caring for each other. And that first reading tells us that because of how they live their life in love, people were attracted every day to them, and their number continued to increase. My dear brothers and sisters, we can probably find it easy to sympathize with the fearful disciples in this, today's gospel reading. They were there, locked into a room, in a self-imposed prison, out of fear. They were fearful that those who had put Jesus to death would come after his followers. Maybe they were asking themselves, are we next? They wanted to keep their association with Jesus hidden and out of the public eye. If we remember how St. Peter denied causing himself when he was asked if he was associated with Christ. Perhaps, my dear brothers and sisters, we can be a little bit like these disciples, especially in these times when being a member of the community of those who believe in Jesus Christ can be a source of confusion to many and even a mockery to us. Just as we can see in our society today, it is not easy to say, I claim yourself as a Christian. My brother, Deacon, will tell you that it is not easy for us now to wear our Roman collar everywhere we want to go. People will be looking at you as if you have committed a type of sin, especially in this time of abuse in the church. As you are going, people are pointing at you. 
mocking you as a priest, as a deacon. And I bet you, many of us here, when we go to the restaurant to eat, we find it difficult, ashamed and shy to make the sign of the cross because of what people will say. That is the kind of time that these apostles were living. So the temptation to lock us out our faith out of fear or shame is very strong at this time. Sometimes we want to keep it under wraps or find ourselves being very apologetic about our faith. However, today's gospel reading suggests that this is not what the risen Lord wants from his followers. Even though those first disciples were trying to lock away their relationship with the Lord, the risen Lord refused to be locked out. He stood among them in all the power of his risen life. He offered them the gift of peace because he knew they were troubled. The gift of reconciling love. They had abandoned him when the hour of his passion and death came. But he had not abandoned them. If we remember what the Lord says in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, even if you forsake me, I will not forsake you. He showed them his hands and his sides so that they would not be in doubt that the one who stood among them was the one who has been crucified, the one they have abandoned in fear. He then declares to them that he's sending them out on a mission in the same way that his father in heaven has sent him on a mission. The Lord was saying to them, in effect, open those doors and get out to the world. He did not send them out in the strength of their own resources alone. But the Bible tells us he forced to breathe it unto them, saying, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed a new life unto them. He recreated them in love. This was a moment of new creation when joy replaced their fear and they could now break out of their self-imposed prison. This morning's gospel reading shows us the difference that Easter made in the lives of the disciples. They are being locked behind closed doors. Out of fear was the mood of Good Friday. The risen Lord stood among them and replaced that mood with the mood of Easter. It is that Easter mood, my dear brothers and sisters, that we try to imbibe and enter into these seven weeks of Easter season. We try to open our hearts to the gift of the risen Lord the gift of his peace, the gift of his reconciling love. Even though we may have felt him in the past, through our fear, he stands among us, not to condemn us, but to renew us, to recreate us in his love. So Easter is a time when we open ourselves to the renewing power of the Holy Spirit. It is a time we live in the that spirit, we rise above fear and step out 
with a new courage to witness to the Lord by what we do and what we say. My dear people of God, we can sometimes slip back into the mood of the Good Friday, tentative about our relationship with the Lord, fearful of making it known. Yet, the risen Lord always stands among us, empowering us to live as people of Easter. And he will always ignore our locked doors and stand before us in his risen power. And that is what we are celebrating today, his mercy. And what is mercy? The love of God to us, even when we don't deserve it. Just as the risen Lord would not allow the disciples' fear to lock them out of the life of God, so he would not allow Thomas' doubt to lock him out either. The Lord accommodated himself to Thomas' doubt, meeting Thomas' demand to put his hands into his wounds of the crucifixion. Because of the Lord's gracious accommodation of Thomas, the great skeptic went on to make the great confession of faith, for he exclaimed, my Lord and my God. Great doubt did not prove to be the enemy of great faith. Indeed, both can often reside in the same person. When we find ourselves struggling with great religious doubt, which happens to us from time to time, when we are in what we call the spiritual desert, which may as a result put, us, put a distance between us and our Lord and between us and the worshiping community. The Lord continues to engage with us. He seeks us out, as he did with Thomas. He accommodates himself in our doubt. The experience of Thomas, my dear brothers and sisters, shows that religious doubt need not keep us out of the loss and the church. Thomas' story suggests also that great doubt can be a prelude to great faith. Faith will always include doubt. If not, it is not faith. The reason Lord is present in the crucible of doubt, drawing us to himself, calling out to us, as he called out to Thomas, doubt no longer, but believe. Indeed, my dear brothers and sisters, our salvation is guaranteed through the resurrection of Christ. However, according to St. Paul, St. Peter, our faith is a necessary tool for taking that salvation God has given to us. For he says, through faith, God's power will guide you until the salvation which has been prepared for you is revealed at the end of time. So, only faith can guarantee our salvation in the resurrected Christ. In that second reading, Paul draws our attention, Peter draws our attention to the mercy of God towards us. For he says in his mercy, God has given us new birth, allowing us to share in his resurrection so that we have a sure hope and the promise of an inheritance that can never be destroyed. That is why Jesus is still seeking us out. 
even now in our own time, meeting that great saint and telling her to pray and to let the world pray for the mercy of God. So what we celebrate, my dear brothers and sisters, this season is also God's incredible mercy to each and every one of us. As we celebrate Divine Mercy Sunday today, the church reminds us that God extended his mercy to us by allowing his son to pay the ransom for our sins. Christ accomplished this through the Paschal mystery, offering himself on the cross. And so, my dear brothers and sisters, we too must extend that mercy that God has given to us to others. Hence, we are called today to be the apostles of mercy. Jesus is telling us, I am sending you people on a mission. So we must ask ourselves, we have celebrated this Divine Mercy Sunday each year. What impact does it make in our lives? In the first reading, we were told, because of how those Christians live their life, many were attracted to them. Does our life still, as Christians, attract people? We can testify that in our Christian life today, in the Christian community, are found divisions, class distinctions, different ways we used to abuse one another. We are no more living like the children of God. And that is why today, our church is no more attracting people because what they see in us is not what they see in these early Christians. Gandhi says, I love Christ, but I do not love Christians because they do not do what their master says. The celebration of divine mercy today should ask, should call us to question, how do I live my life as a Christian? Does my life attract the other person? Having been forgiven and given mercy, redeemed, have I been able to offer mercy to my brother, to my sister, to my husband, to my wife, and to those who have offended me. So my dear brothers and sisters, as we spread the good news of Christ's resurrection this Easter season, we must thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because his mercy and generosity endures forever. There is no better thanks we can do than loving one another. And may we pray in this Mass that God gives us the Spirit, His grace, to continue to love in spite of the pains through Christ our Lord.